This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where, of course, we will be discussing Tottenham's game this evening. Tottenham Hotspur 1, Sporting Club Portugal 1 in the Champions League. How Tottenham did not win it in the end, I will never, ever know. But um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do hit that subscribe button, like and share. And if you are listening to this on an audio platform, please do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. So Tottenham Hotspur 1, Sporting 1. Marcus Edwards scored in the first half, putting Sporting 1-0 up. Uh, Booze at half-time from the Spurs fans. Very, very unhappy fans. Benton Kerr equalised in the second half. Kane's di- disallowed goal at the death. VAR action and then an Antonio Conte red card. I've got very special guests this evening to talk through today's game. I have got Russ Williams with me back on the channel. Russ, how are you? Um, blimey, that was a blast from the past. Nice one. Uh, I like to suffer, Chris. I like to suffer, like the Tottenham fans. I repeat, I like to suffer. I mean, what a night. I mean, so much to talk about. Um, and VAR, you know, is going to be a big part of this uh, show, I'm sure. Uh, but generally disappointed. That's uh, a lot. word that I would use. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. So, oh, me and technology, mate. 
I've we've also got, since 25 past. <laughs> here we go. We've also got actor David Bisco with us. David, how are you? Hi, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? Very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit disappointed. It's been a long day. Um, and we've also got YouTuber Holly with us. Holly, how are you? Yeah, like we've all kind of covered. I mean, it's not the best circumstances, is it? Like I said, there was so much that happened in that game. I think I've aged by about 50 years. Um, but like, it's good to be back on here uh, with you, Chris, again, to talk about it. So thank you. Get comfy. Russ, let's start with you. What did you make of today's game? Um, <laughs> pretty much exactly the same as we've been watching for quite a long while. I mean, uh, I know that a lot of Spurs fans and it, it, it's all about opinions and, uh, you know, nobody's opinion is more valid than anybody else's. We all collectively have not been happy this season, despite the good start on paper uh, with how we've been playing. And I, I think it's no surprise that these players have been coached for three and a half, four years nearly, to um, play the way that they do and and that they're struggling to actually um, offensively start well in, in the first half of games. Uh, I don't think we should be surprised at all. Uh, it was the same under Jose. It's um, Conte's way of doing things. Whether he's got the right personnel is open for discussion, of course. My own personal feeling is if Conte wants to play Conte ball, he's got to have very good wing-backs. We don't. I think there's some players who probably are coming towards the end of their Tottenham career. I'm talking um, Ben Davis, Lucas Mora, you know, who saved for Amsterdam and his exploits there, where he was brilliant. What has he done since? Really came on. He, he was a bit like a headless chicken, uh, not match fit, clearly, because he's not had the game time. But I don't want to point the fingers at individuals, really. I think we all know where we are with the squad. I think we're crying out for an attacking midfielder. That's probably not a player that Conte wants. And we're all baffled why uh, we can't start a game in the manner that we played the last half an hour of the second half. It's almost like, yeah. oh, let's concede, and, and then we can really start playing and becoming a kind of Tottenham. But even with that second half performance, I thought it was another pretty average performance, really. And I, I worry about Marseille. I worry if we get through how we'll do in the last 16. And I'd love us to do well. But, you know, if we, if we don't go through, let's hope we finish fourth because we don't want to be in the Europa League, um, really. Um, so, it, it you know, the confidence is low. For some reason, I mean, even Conte in the first half, there was no animation from him. There was no passion. So it's even getting to him. And I thought after the game at the weekend, he had that kind of haunted look about him, um, you know, and looked as though he was thinking to himself, I said when I joined the club, we can't be competitive for two games a week. Uh, and now we're playing three. And maybe the discussions that may happen with Daniel Levy and the board will underline that, that he will say, I told you that we couldn't play two competitive games a week and now we're playing three, so what do you expect? But then it comes down to his future, what the club want, what the club are prepared to do, whether he's prepared to accept what the club are going to do. And it, it, it's 
It's just a little bit of a mess. Uh, the only plus point for me was the kit, which I love seeing us playing all white. So uh, I, I thought it was a disappointing night. We were given a lesson in the first half by a young team from Portugal who uh, they love the football. I've said this before on, on your show, Chris. We have to learn to love the football. Sloppy passes, defensive mistakes, not being able to string more than two or three passes together. Um, it's not the sort of football that a lot of Spurs fans want to watch. I'm not saying I'm in, in that group, but I understand the people who say, I'm fed up watching this stuff because it isn't great and it's not entertaining. And, um, you know, we've got to somehow hope that we can get out of this rut and starting at Bournemouth because, um, you know, they'll fancy their chances. Their manager will be saying, they don't start well, get at them, get a goal up, get a second goal, they're in trouble, they're under pressure. And it, it, it's just the unforced errors and the mistakes that I think are leading to our downfall. I mean, Hugo, once again, all over the place, second half, for the goal. He should have saved it, I think. I mean, Marcus Edward, great little player that he is, as we know, he didn't hit the ball well. And, you know, I'm not an international goalkeeper, but I've watched enough football to know that really he should have stopped that. Uh, but he didn't. Yeah. And um, and there you go. So in a nutshell, um, that's my view of the game. Um, I, I think we've got a group of players who, for this level and the upper echelons come the end of the season of the Premier League, are not quite good enough. That's what I would say. That's my honest opinion. I'll tell you what, Russ, um, as well as watching the game, um, ever since we appointed Antonio Conte, I must admit, I watch a lot of Antonio Conte, very animated, as you said. Today, hands in the pockets, um, arms folded. Um, a couple of times when uh, there were misplaced passes, he had his head in his hands. Um, I did not like seeing that side of Antonio Conte today. It looked like he had had enough. It looked like he was very unhappy, certainly in that first half. And of course, booze at half time, as I said. Mm. Um, we'll come on to uh, Antonio Conte later. Um, David, let's come to you. What, what did you make of it tonight? Oh, much the same. It, it, it's the constantly staffing slow. We, we have players, with the only one player that can play on the half turn is Harry Kane. Everybody else is square facing their own goal. So this is why, this is what I keep seeing. There was at one point, I think, Bentoncourt was in two, three yards of Hoybier facing him. Hoybier gives him the ball and he gives it back. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Why are you not moving? Why are there nobody that can do that other than Harry Kane? And my biggest thing is, we've talked about this a lot in the past, but for me, this goes back to losing Moussa Dembele and not replacing him. Because um, you look at that, that winter, when we January, when we lost him, that is when our league form really played havoc. We weren't playing well. We scraped through in the Champions League. And um, it, what I'm finding is that was the time when Ericsson and Delhi's form dropped and that was because his surging runs allowed them to play up forward, which allowed Ericsson to flick the balls into the box and Deli Alley to make the late runs into the box. When he went, Kane, Ericsson and Deli Alley kept dropping deep and they were less effective. Um, and I'm seeing much the same now. We're, we're, we're getting people. There was 
at one point I'm screaming at the TV, run. Why, why are people just standing there walking about while Sporting have got the ball and pinging it backwards and forwards? And we have this issue where, it's, as you were just saying, you, you, two or three passes and then you lost the ball. And losing the ball on simple passes as well, nothing sort of complicated. And you watch, we'll go to Bournemouth, you'll, you'll have 2v1, on a, on a Bournemouth player, and they will pick a little neat pass out and a one-two. We can't even do that when it's just one v one or one on their own to pick a pass out. It's dismal. But credit where credit's due, they picked up the second half. I just felt it was too little, too late. Um, the crossing was—I mean, we must have had twenty crosses, and, and probably only one or two found found a mark in the box, which was really frustrating to watch as well. Um. And Conte, I just felt like, like you said, uh, t- to me, it was almost like he, he he expected that performance. That's why his hands in his pocket. What what's the point in shouting? Because I've been shouting all season, and you start off the same every half. What's the point in wasting my, my voice? I don't know. It's just how I feel. But I, I'm hopeful we can get we can snatch the snatch the um, a point and go through. But I, I say I don't see us going any further than that. Well, I, I agree with what Russ said earlier. I don't think that Marseille game is going to be an easy game at all. That's going to be it's a very, very difficult place to go next week. Um, Holly, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on tonight's match. Well, I think David and Russ have pretty much put the nail on the head. It was so sluggish to start with. And my biggest pet peeve is the fact that there's space in front of us, but we decide to turn it around and go backwards again and give it all the way back to Larice. And the thing is that annoyed me more, actually, is that we actually started to play better but why couldn't we do that in the first half? Because there was movement in and about in the midfield. There was Kane or Son, or I know we slate Lucas now again. He isn't the best as Kulisveski. I think that's why people were getting so irate with him tonight um, on Twitter. Obviously, he isn't the best source of information, but you can see lots of people were getting irate with Lucas. But Lucas was the one that was looking to get him behind. We, we've kind of lost that, um, not having Kulisveski or Richie at the moment. So in that kind of sense, I, I just I just don't understand what, has caused this to completely go. Maybe it is because we've lost Richie and Kulaveski. We don't have those players to start the game. We can take them off and maybe mix it up and try something else. Um, it's just really strange, um, the fact that we never start on the front foot. And if we do, it lasts about five minutes and then it all dribbles away again. Um, so, yeah, I think, like David and Russell said, I think Marseille will be incredibly tough, especially where we've got Bournemouth away and then Marseille away. Um, and we know that our form away from home isn't great. And at the moment, our form at home also isn't great. Um, so it's not a good run to go into, but you've got to try and stay positive. But at the moment, it is incredibly hard to stay positive. Like Russell David said, looking at Conte and the way that he's just looking absolutely exhausted at the facts. Like I said, he's, he's saying the same things week in, week out. And now us as fans are saying the same things week in, week out. And you think to yourself, what's the constant in this? Oh, it's the players. And it's, it's just, it's a cycle that's never ending. What I see with the hands in the pocket was the same with Poch in his last six months mm-hmm. and with Jose Mourinho. Yeah. It, it was the same. Before. It was all full of animation and then towards that last bit and then bang, they're gone, they're out. Yeah. We, and it, that's it my does, worry. Cause, cause I don't have a feeling about that. I think David and Holly are dead right, Chris, that when you look particularly at the weekend and the Man United game and tonight... When you look at Conte and, you know, in his press conference before this game, he said, I'm not prepared to sit down and discuss my future at the moment. Now, Antonio Conte ain't no great poker player because we all can read what he's going to do. But it really is going to be one way or or, or the other. And um, 
you know, what's going to happen with him long term? I don't know. I mean, it, I think they've got to keep hold of him and and nurture are you, are him more and give him what he wants because, you know, if he goes, Mourinho went, they sacked Nuno. I mean, the list goes on and on, doesn't it? And, you know, is Daniel leaving thinking to himself, well, Mauricio will come back? Well, that's a, a whole new debate, isn't it, really? Whether that's a good thing for us as a football club and and him as a football manager. But at the moment, it, it, it's Conte. But for him, you know, as David and Holly were saying, to so visibly lose his passion up to the equaliser and the goal that never was, that I'm sure we're going to obviously talk about, it, it tells you everything about the mood of the people that work together every day, the players, the coaches and the manager or the head coach. And something isn't right. I don't know what it is. I'm not trying to throw it out there and create a story when I don't know what it is. But we can all see that something isn't right. And they spoke to Matt Doherty at the end of the game and he said, we don't know why, we try. Yeah. Well, <laughs> think, well, Russ, it don't look like you're Russ, trying. Russ, let me come back to you. Are you worried as a Spurs fan about Antonio Conte, the body language and what he said in that press conference? Because I was going to come on to this later on, but now you've mentioned it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it now because... I've got to admit, I'm slightly worried. I, I love yeah. Conte. I, you know, I think that he's transformed this football club within inside the first year that he's been here. Um, you know, I believe that if the club fully back Antonio Conte, he will take us, uh, you know, to trophies, to success, what we all want. Do you think he's going to get the backing? Do you think he's happy at the moment? Um, is <laughs> is Antonio ever happy? Um, I don't know. Um he should get the backing. If I was Daniel Levy, I'd be giving him the backing if the money was there. But I'm not, uh, obviously. And I'm quite pleased that I'm not Daniel Levy, actually. Um, but I, as I see it, it's probably a stalemate at the moment. The Conte is saying, OK, you want me to stay? I need money. I need a guarantee of this, that and the other to bring players in. I mean, it was almost... And I don't want to single out necessarily these two players, but at the weekend, there was 80-odd minutes gone and he made a double substitution of uh, Matt Doherty and Ben Davis. And I, th I just had this flashing thought in my mind. He's sending a message to Levy. This is all I've got, these two, to come on in a game that really we were so disappointing in. And I think there is an issue that he wants more players, but he's got form at Chelsea. It was exactly the same. You can set your clock by it when he goes into a football club. When he left into Milan, it was because the club sold his better players. So it's always to do with the players and never really to do with Antonio Conte, as I see it. So I think where we are is there's, there's a stalemate and my belief is that one side is, is going to have to give a little bit. Daniel Levy's either going to have to say, I want you to stay, and what do you want? I'm going to give it to you. Or Conte is going to have to say, this is what I want, otherwise I'm off. And it's how that negotiation uh, goes. Uh, but it, it's solvable. If both parties want to dance, they'll dance. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I think I'm with you a little bit, Chris. I want him to stay because I think he's one of the best managers we've ever had at our football club. 
but I, I want him to stay if he's going to get the tools to make us what we all want us to be. And we all know that at the moment we're some way off that. Having said that, third in the Premier League, still in the Champions League. But I yeah. think we know that it's a game of smoke and mirrors and, and that's where we are at the moment. David, do you think Antonio Conte will be fully backed and uh, will be dancing with the ball, as Russ puts it? I, I, I don't think he was in the summer, to be honest. I think maybe two, two free to push players were players of his choice. The others are club signings. And I always go back to the days when a manager made the decisions on players. Only a manager will know the types of players that can balance their team, who they want to fill the gaps. We all as fans could identify the places that needed strengthening. He identified a few players, but he never got those places filled. So, you know, I just don't, I just don't, think that Daniel Levy has let's face it, even if he has said give me these players, Daniel Levy has the last word on, on wages, on, on fees and things like that. If he feels that the price is too dear, he's not going to buy the players that the manager wants. But for me, when they say back in people think, and, he, and it's it's a misconception to think he doesn't spend because he does. We, we, we know he spends money. But for me, back in a manager is trusting his judgment on players that he doesn't want and players that he wants and brings them in and replaces. And I, I, I'm not seeing that at the moment. Um, I'm hoping he does. I hope, I'm hoping there was, I, think, I don't know what I read the other day, but they were talking about who he's, you know, he's going to spend in, in January. I find hard to believe because not many clubs do do business in, in the January transfer window. Um, but I just worry that if, if he goes, we're back to where we was. I mean, look, we, I get sick of seeing fans saying Conte's tactics, Conte's tactics. It was Jose's tactics last time. When Conte came in, they was all cheering and clapping. Yeah. And they're not getting into their heads, these fans, that keep wanting these managers out. That You can win playing those tactics. Jose's one playing those tactics. Conte's one playing those tactics. We haven't got the players that, as Russ said earlier, and I think Holly touched on it, that can retain the ball, can hold the ball and lay it off. And that is the issue. So I don't care. It doesn't matter for me, even if we bring Poch back, if, if he goes and Poch comes back, I think we're just going to be in the same situation with these this perpetual cycle of rebuild. By then, Harry Kane will probably be gone. And so we'll be strikerless. Can, can, can I just worry. say that? I am worried. Can I just say though, David, um, everybody that I know and talk to inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or even at away games, I don't know anyone personally who wants Antonio Conte gone. I only ever see this on social media. Yeah, um, yeah agree. Holly, let's come to you on the same point. Are you worried about what Antonio Conte is saying and uh, his body language tonight? Are you worried at all? I think so, because it's just not him in terms of, like we've all said, hands in the pockets head in hands, that's just, just not him. He's, he's running up the touchline, he's shouting his orders, but I don't know whether it's the camera didn't phase to it because obviously I wasn't there. I don't know whether they, it was because the cameraman didn't decide to phase to him tonight, but I just, I didn't feel it from him. Um, the only bit of passion I saw was obviously towards the end. I know we'll get onto it, but then he was fired up and he wanted to do his bit. So I don't know. I think personally, yes, I would be worried because again, I feel like we're in that same cycle. To me, it's kind of like, the ending days of Poch in terms of, I know we're way off that yet. I hope we're way off it, but it's it's like we're just getting through. We're scraping through these these games and now they're turning into losses. And I feel like it's going to come to a halt at some point. And like we've all said, we're going to be at a crossroads, whether 
he's backed or whether he's not and he walks. And I think the thing that is really annoying for me is the fact that us as fans, sometimes we sit here and our first reaction is to blame the manager because he's the one obviously given the orders. Um, but the players on the pitch are the ones that are supposed to be delivering it. And whenever the going gets tough, it's, again, it's the same players, the same individuals that say training's too intense. Uh, I can't cope with the way he's talking to me, this, that, or the other. And I think that's, for me, the realisation where actually, no, I'm not going to want Poch back because that's nostalgic. We've been there, done it. We need to move on. And we've got a world-class manager in Conte. Lots of people say that his tactics are this, that, and the other. But again, we're sitting here talking about the same squad players. Like It's the constant all the time. So, yes, I'm worried because I think we're still sat here talking about a real bit of rebuild and and. I say again, Poch, the man that, okay, he was there in the past, but he said it back then. And we, I feel like we're still in that transitional phase. And if he, if Daniel Levy's not going to do it under Conte, who's he going to do it under? And I think that's what I'm more worried about. Not necessarily Conte, but in terms of when is this board going to be like, hang on a minute, no, we, we do need to do something now. Because I think we're at a turning point with Tottenham at the moment with Conte. And I think if it's not delivered, if he's not given what he's won, I don't think we'll ever get to where we necessarily want to be with these guys at the top. Isn't it, isn't it funny, though, what Russ said? Like, we're, we're top of the Champions League group. We're third in the Premier League table. Antonio Conte come in, um, you know, just short of a year ago. He, he, he turned the club around, got us into the Champions League uh, from playing the Europa Conference League. Um, you know, he has turned the club around. Um, Russ, I want to do the uh, the show in a, in a slightly different order to normal. Um, okay. I want to go right to stoppage time. Um, Antonio Conte getting the red card and and we all thought that Harry Kane had done it and and, and given Tottenham Hotspur the three points in Group D. Now, this is a graphic um, of the offside decision. Um, what did you make of it? Um, well, it's a toenail job, isn't it, of Harry Kane? Have we have have Tottenham Hotspur been robbed tonight? Yes. Um, I'm well. Hang on a minute. Um, that's interesting. David. It takes a deflection first before Kane touches it. Goes backwards. Does Goes it? backwards, takes a deflection, and then Kane gets the ball. I think the only thing that they are arguing about is the fact that it wasn't intended. Emerson hasn't intended to hit. Um, the Lisbon defender. Uh, that's the uh, that's the only thing I've seen people saying to why it is yeah. what it is. But I don't understand that rule. I don't so think that's took in the books. Three and a half minutes to work that out, did it? Or four minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was five, wasn't <laughs> you it? See, to me, I think VAR, when it's used correctly for clear and obvious errors, is fabulous, right? Yeah. But when it takes the joy out of the game, you yeah. remember those nights, don't we, folks? Late, late winners, stadium erupting, everyone going mad, substitutes running on the pitch, fans going bananas. That is theatre. It's football. It's entertainment. And this kind of stuff sucks that out of the game for me. I'm hugely disappointed because I thought it was a cracking finish from uh, Harry. Did we deserve to win the game? Not sure. Do you get in the game of football what you deserve? Not usually uh, or rarely. Um, so we, we we have to accept um, the decision of, of VAR because that's the way football is being governed at the moment. I mean, you know, I felt a bit sorry for the referee standing there like a spare you-know-what at a wedding in the middle of the football pitch. Um, 
you know, why uh, whilst a couple of his colleagues um, looked over and over and over again, I know it's important to get the decision right, but if you can't see it in 30 seconds, two plays, one in real time and one in slow motion, maybe that's the way that VAR should be done and that's it. And sometimes we'll get decisions wrong, but the game won't be stopped and there won't be moments like we've had to put up with tonight. But we wouldn't have been moaning if it was Sporting Lisbon who scored the goal and it was disallowed. So, you know, yeah. it's the yin, the yin and the yang of VAR. Uh, as for Conte, yeah, that was that was a passion. He was furious. He got a red card. The problem is, of course, we now have to go to Marseille without our manager. And, um, you know, he might appeal it, I suppose, but... You know, it, it, it's a messy end to um, what was a pretty average night, really, in the Champions League for us. And um, I wouldn't use the word robbed like David and maybe Holly and yourself think we were robbed. I think it's just the way it is at the moment with VAR and we, with the World Cup coming up and what have you, it's going to get probably worse before it gets better. But I, I do think we need to start looking, I think, at how many replays they look at, you know, real time. Everything looks different in real time and worse often than in slow motion. Um, maybe that's a way around it, but that's for the football authorities. But we know in the Premier League how many managers and players are complaining about VAR. I think they um, should have ex-players on VAR, my, my personal opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People who've actually been there, seen it and done it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this referee well, could be the next pro. I don't know, David. Rival, rival, ex-player, like Lee Dixon. Yeah. That'd be good. Alan Smith. No. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think we were robbed. I think it's pretty harsh. That's all. David, you, you shouted out yes when I said, uh, were we robbed? You feel like yeah, we've been robbed? Yeah, I kind of know what Russ is saying. I don't, yeah. It, I, I just I can't I can't see how that was given as offside. That's as far as I mean that that's why I say robbed. But if because of the first half performance, I don't, we didn't deserve to win anyway. I mean, but some people might argue the second half performance was really good and we really peppered them and and gave it a good old going. But you know you shouldn't be leaving games till that late to to pick your energy up and start um, doing that. So. I think we probably got what we deserved, really, because we'd have taken our chances in the first with the first five ten minutes when we were playing pretty good and had a couple of shots. We'd have taken the chances then; it would have been a different outlook, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of still think robbed, but not not harsh. Well, I'm not saying like robbed. We were done, really. You know, it was just one of those things that happens. Sometimes you get like you get a result and it goes for you, but. Didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. And it probably, as 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 is um, pointing out, that it, because it took so long as well, which makes it even more feel like you've been robbed, because it wasn't clear and obvious then. And it, it's almost like they're looking for. A, we have this. We have this sort of um, paranoia that everybody hates Tottenham, but it's that type of thing that adds to it. You think they're sitting there trying to find a reason to make it offside to disallow it. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird situation. You'll, you'll see one of those go in like that weekend. They'll give it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so inconsistent. Um, I'll tell you what, we talk about Antonio Conte with the, uh, with the hands in his pockets and uh, folded arms, um, you know, most of the match. But when Spurs did score that second goal uh, right at the end, he went absolutely mental running down the touchline. Um, the scenes were unbelievable. And then, of course, he got very angry, uh, very unhappy. Um, Holly, what did you make of his sending off? I just think, again, like as we've kind of mentioned, not maybe robbed. I, I still think slightly robbed because, like we said, I, I still don't understand how it struck off if it's gone backwards and hit uh, a Lisbon defender and then hit the path of Kane. It just baffles me. Um, but yeah, I think I think Conte had a right to be like that because I think there was a, uh, I think a lot of the players went around the ref, didn't they? And I think it was Dyer as well going, why, why, why? So I think. Conte had the right to do that, but again, you can't go on the field and get all Larry to the ref. You just can't do it in football. I'm sadly at that calibre anymore. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens because obviously I think UEFA are going to have a bit of a shock um, in terms of the uproar that's kind of happened. Not saying that they'll take notice of it, but I think they'll be having it in the back of their head in that kind of sense. So maybe Conte will file out a, uh, a, a complaint to see whether it gets overturned. Um, obviously, the goal won't get overturned, but maybe him going to Marseille might be. Um, and I think it will help us a lot because, like we said, our, our away form was bad, but now our home form is starting to look like that as well. So I think we do really need him there on uh, Monday. But, yeah, I, I don't blame him for getting angry. Like we said, he's a passionate guy and he wears his feelings on his sleeve. And it was he at the moment. So, yeah, it's just frustrating. I think he just kind of felt like we all felt in terms of, well, I don't know what's just happened there, but okay, sweet. So, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what kind of happens um, over the next couple of days. Russ, let's come to you. Um, now, of course, Antonio Conte made six changes today. Um, he went with a 3-4-3, Lloris in goal, uh, the back three of Romero, Dyer, and Davis. Uh, Doherty and Perisic as the wing-backs in the centre of midfield, Benton Kerr and Hoybier, and then the forward uh, or the front three of Lucas, Son and Kane. Uh, the six changes were as follows. Doherty in for Royale, uh, um, Romero in for Sanchez, Davis in for Lenglet, Perisic in for Sessegnon, Hoybier in for Skip, Lucas in for Basuma. The subs this <laughs> evening, Forster, Spence, Tanganga, Royale, Sanchez, Lenglet, Sessegnon, White, Saar, Skip, Basuma and Brian Hill. Six changes for Antonio Conte today. Were you surprised by the uh, by the setup and the lineup today? Yeah, I was surprised that Lucas started the game, given the fact that he's been injured for quite some time. And I thought against a team like Sporting Lisbon, who we'd lost to already, and we know a little bit about them uh, from obviously their league football and what they've been playing like in the Champions League. I would have thought that a Basuma in there instead of Lucas Mora would have given us another body in midfield because in the first half they were doing triangles around us. They were forcing errors out of us. And I just felt that, that, that Lucas isn't the player to play with Harry Kane and, and Son effectively. And I was surprised he didn't come off at half time. Basuma was warming up, wasn't he, just before half time. Mm. And I said to a friend of mine, we're private Twitter messaging, that's it, he's off. And Basuma was going to come on and Basuma never made an appearance. So the substitutions were a little bit strange. Um, you know, it really highlights that we, we don't have a left-sided central defender. You know, uh, really. Uh, I, I just don't think at the highest level we're quite there at the moment. I think we've got certain bits of the jigsaw, but we are two or three players short. 
Um, and I think it's been underlined again tonight. Yeah. Um, Dave, what do you think? Uh, six changes from Antonio Conte today. Were you surprised by how many changes? Yeah, I, I'm the same. I'm the same. I, I was thinking Basuma instead of... Look, look, I love Lucas Mari. You, you know, I think every team should have one um, a player like him. He smiles. He doesn't complain. You know, he's been out. He's been sidelined. You, you never see him in the papers complaining. I'm off. I want to go. I want to be playing first team. That's good to have in a team. And as Holly said earlier, he... he was the one of the one players that was trying to look for things to do um, going forward. But I, I just find he runs about like a dog with a balloon a lot of the time. He'll get the ball, he'll go past one player, he'll go past two players, and then run into the third player instead of laying it off. Um, so, yeah, I'm the same. I, I definitely, I, I, would, I was surprised at that and surprised that he didn't have Basuma on. And why he didn't bring him on at half-time, I don't know what made him change his mind. I, I mean, I even put that on, on one of the groups. Why, why is he not bringing him on? Sorry, sorry, David. Can I, can I just interrupt you? Um, a channel regular, Craig, um, has just written a comment here. Antonio Conte left the press conference after just one question. He is not a happy bunny. Um, the, the full press conference um, will be out on this channel um, after this stream. Um, so Conte left the press conference after just one question. Sorry, David, back to you. Uh, they're probably going to ask him about the sending, not the, uh, the the disallowed goal. He probably doesn't want to answer it because he's already been carded for it. So, uh, I'll... <laughs> I hope so. difficult for him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but going back to what we're saying, yeah, I think Basuma uh, uh, he should have started. I, I think Brian Hill looked quite lively when he came on. Um, yeah. He was trying to make things ha happen. Still a little bit lightweight. I think if he can put a bit of weight, but is, is he going to be around long enough? I don't know. Um, I don't know if Holly agrees with that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, for me, it was just very strange in terms of like, I love Lucas Mora, but like you guys said, he is a bit of a, a mad puppy at times with the ball. I just thought at times he was the only one that was looking in to get behind. Um, and I think sometimes we miss that, obviously. I think the problem is everybody compares him to Kuleveskin. He's nowhere near the ability of Kuleveskin. I think that's the trouble. There's too much of a gap when you slot him into that position. You notice the difference straight away. Um, I think the big shot for me was the fact that Emerson Royale wasn't starting. Um, I was quite taken back. I was quite happy, but I was also quite taken back that he wasn't on the team sheet because at the moment it seems to be Conte's number one. Um, so I was quite pleased to see that. Obviously, he did come on towards the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I think in terms of uh, Romero coming back in, um, I enjoyed that very much um, because I think when we don't have him in and it's Sanchez and Dyer, which we saw at the weekend, it just... It, equals disaster in terms of they're both nervous of each other. Um, I think Dyer's having a bit of a wobbly at the moment, along with um, Hugo Lloris. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later because, again, he had another crazy run out uh, for no reason. Um, but it just seems at the moment, like we've kind of alluded to, it's confidence and the ability. We just don't want to seem to go forward with it um, from the start. And I don't know whether it's a confidence thing as well as a kind of like we don't have the belief that we can do it. Um, but it shows that we can, because in the last 30 minutes, like I said, it got a bit more positive. Um, but from the start at 11, like I say, it was, yeah, it was it was a strange one, but a refreshing one in terms of not having Emerson or having Romero back and having Hoiberg back. So I think it was it was a, a levelled kind of balance, if that kind of makes sense of, OK, we had Lucas Moore in there, but we had Romero and Hoiberg back. So, yeah, it was it was an odd one. 
Russ, let's come to you. Were, you. were you pleased with the performances from our wing-backs today, Doherty and Perisic? I feel like I always talk no. about the wing-backs on these shows. And, and yeah. it, it's so funny because I, I go back to the summer. I'm so surprised, and I've and I said this a number of times on this channel, I'm so surprised that in the summer, yes, we brought Perisic in, yes, we brought Jed Spence in, but to not bring in a right wing-back and, and a left wing-back to be our number one wing-backs, you know, first names on the team sheet, I am baffled by that. Me too. I mean, we saw a right wing-back tonight in Pedro Porro playing for Sporting Lisbon, who was just totally class. Surely we must have been aware of um, him as a player. Um, but he's sure getting a reputation now, isn't he? Um, you know, Nuno Santos on the left for them was uh, terrific as well. I think Perisic showed promise in the first couple of games, but I don't think he's delivered really anything of any consequence yeah. for it, apart from obviously he put the cross in for the goal that never was tonight but you know our, our crossing is an issue uh Doherty can't cross very well Sonny only a fortune can't regularly take corners well you know it's one good cross in five or six I, I, I just don't understand it why why we can't cross the ball and our wing backs are not getting into the position often enough to actually play the way that Antonio Conte has won titles and trophies before which is with really good wing-backs. And, um, you know, I think what you say, Chris, is absolutely right. I can't understand why we didn't have a right wing-back that was a quality one and was told, your first choice, you know, and Perisic would come and bring experience to the team, come on as a, a super sub. He doesn't have the pace that he used to have. We all know what he's done in the game. He's played in a World Cup final, for goodness sake, won the Champions League. But it's not the Ivan Perisic that we've got now. And that's not to say that he's not a valuable member of the squad. Um, I think he, he needs two new wing-backs of the highest quality, a left-sided central defender without a shadow of a doubt, and is against the grain for him, an attacking midfielder, a locksmith, who can start giving people like Harry Kane, the England captain, one of the greatest strikers English football's ever seen, the ball so he can actually shoot and not wait till the 95th minute to have a shot yeah. and he scored. Yeah. And that was a reality tonight. Harry Kane didn't do a sausage in terms of shooting the football at the goal, which is what he's meant to do. Yes, he does drop deep. Yes, he did play some good passes. But I don't know about you, when the ball comes in, fellow Spurs fans, I prefer to see Harry Kane in the, in the box. He's deadly with his head. Yeah, absolutely. We're not, we're not getting that um, because we haven't got wing-backs who are clever enough to give him the time from being deep to get into the box, waiting for the cross. That's how I see it. Well, Harry Kane has just tweeted, I don't, know, I don't know what really to say, to be honest. I'm absolutely gutted it ended like that and not with a win. To take the positives, we showed great fighting spirit and it's in our hands. Uh, of well, course, Tottenham are still top. I disagree with him, can you? No. Yeah. no. Um, David, let's come to you. Um, stand on the subject of wing-backs. Uh, Matt Doherty obviously started the game tonight. Um, there is lots of media speculation, or has been in the last couple of days, about Jed Spence going out on loan in the January transfer window. Um, are you surprised by that? Would you be surprised if that happened? And who is no, the best wing-back at our club? 
not at all. Um, it, it, Daniel Levy made it clear that he was making that signing. That was his his signing, and I, and I just think if th this is the problem you have with directors and, and owners of football clubs interfering with the team, you'll you'll get managers thinking, well, this guy isn't what I wanted. He's not going to fit in. He's too young or whatever. Let, let's put him out on loan. He's not going to get the games. We see it with um, uh, was it Glenn Hoddle or David Pleat? And, and David Pleat were making the signings. Glenn Hoddle was leaving them out. And then the players were going to David Pleat and saying, well, you you was offering me first time, first team football. It just, I just don't think it works. You need, we've got that dynamic with Conte and, and Paratici. Let them do it. Let them pick the team. Try and do the deals. Yeah, get the deals if you can. But I think Levy, he'll go in, somebody will say, I want, I want 50 million. He'll go, I'll give you 20. And then there's no there's no barter level. If he goes, I'll give you thirty. Then I go, well, no, forty. But he doesn't do that. He just goes in low. And so this this no, it doesn't surprise me at all if he goes out on loan. Um, I, I just think that's Conte making a statement. Mm. Um, like you say, this is all we've got. What we what you can do with a kid? I mean, you bring him on in this team, it could ruin his career if he does. All right, you could say it could lift him up. It might it might be brilliant, but. No, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Holly, how do you think Jed Spence is feeling right now? You'd be a bit ticked off, wouldn't you? It depends what was said, obviously, in the kind of when the deal was made. Because if it's if it is a Levy signing, then you would have thought Levy would have got his hand stuck in and he would have said something to, to Spence. Be like, you might not get your time here, lad, but I'll, I'll send you out alone uh, come January. I, I, I don't know. I think if it was me, I'd be stinking because, again, you come into Tottenham Hotspur, the Premier League, you think you get at least a sniff here and there, but it just seems it's not the case. Unless it is Conte proving a point and being like, well, he's not my son and I'm not playing him. Um, I don't know. It is a really strange so the, one. The reason I say that is why, you know, why why would you buy a... You keep saying it's going to take more than, you know, two transfer windows. Why would you then go and buy a player mm -hmm. that you're not going to play, you're going to send out on loan? That, that's the type of thing that... Club signings are they'll quite like Brian Hill comes in, goes out alone. It just makes no sense. No, it, really it, doesn't. Just, it just doesn't. No, unless, unless, as I say, it's just him saying, no, no, I'm not playing. I didn't, I didn't want him. It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted whoever. And, that, and that's the thing that really annoys me as well, because where we've got the likes of Doherty and Emerson, you think to yourself, well, we might as well give Spencer a go because they're not yeah, doing it for I'm, us. It's yeah. just, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. If you think you'd be saying, well, you two have had your chance. You've not really shown. All right, I don't think Doherty was over, not as bad as he has been, but he's still not that type of player. And we've got it with with a lot of them across the, the back, really, the back line. That yeah. if, if you want to be a team that's going to win things, you, you can't do with that many people, players of that level, in the same, in the same squad. You'd need you know, two decent wing-backs. And then you can say, oh, yeah, we can accommodate Perisic as, a, as someone to come on. You can accommodate a, exactly. a, a Doherty to, to come on. But not as it is, you just can't do it. You can't you can't cope with that many average players. Mm. No, it might, it's might interesting, be, David and, and Chris and Holly and the viewers, um, that David, um, you call Brian Hill a, a club signing, which he may have been. Do you think... Brian Hill played better than Lucas Moura tonight. I put my hand up. I think he did. And he was only yeah, 25 yeah. minutes. 
Yeah, I yeah. think he did. As I say, I think Luke, Lucas tried, but that's what Lucas does. He runs about, he, he's got a lot of energy, isn't he, even though he hasn't played. But I, I just, yeah, I think Brian Hill put more accurate balls about yeah. and passes than what Lucas Moore did. Skip past a couple of players a couple of times, whereas you yeah. see Lucas run into them. Mm. Mm. He nearly scored the other week as well when he came on, didn't he, Brian Hill? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So if he's yeah. got it, it's just giving him the 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 go ahead to go do it. But hopefully, having that another cameo tonight, maybe we will see more of him with the injuries we've got at the minute. Yeah. Now let's get into the key instance from the game. Um, just after five minutes, um, Hoybier had a shot uh, for Spurs. It went wide. Um, after 13 minutes, Sporting Lisbon had a corner, floated in, uh, went to a Sporting head, went wide. Um, they had a fantastic chance in the 20th minute. Um, great cross in, a Sporting player got there first. It flew over the bar. And then, of course, Marcus Edwards put Sporting 1-0 up in the 22nd minute. Holly, let's stay with you on this. Um, Marcus Edwards, of course, returned to Tottenham, the Tottenham Stadium. Uh, he had a fantastic game um, out in Portugal. But today, um, of course, he, he scored a great goal. Um, I'm with Russ on this because I feel that Hugo Lloris should have done an awful lot better with that shot and turned it around the post. What are your thoughts on on that long-range shot that nestled into the bottom of the net? I think he has a long time to see it. I think that's the thing that infuriates me. But the worst thing is, is the fact that our defenders just decide to run backwards. Like mm. In that moment of time, you're giving him so much space. I think at one point, he even slowed down a bit to line up his shot. You think you just have, there's three of you there, at least one of you go and press him. Um, and not give him a free range to shot wherever he pleases. I think that's what irritated me the most. But like you say, yeah, I think Hugo's just having a bit of a meltdown at the moment. I mean, we saw it at the weekend, coming out like Karate Kid. And then we saw him again today, coming out out of nowhere, thinking he can go win the ball. And he did get done as well. We were lucky that it was offside. Um, otherwise, that could have been another hairy situation that he's caused. Um, I think, again, it's confidence, which is strange, coming from your captain. Um, and I know that, obviously... World the... Cup winning captain. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just strange and it's alien. But also to think that from from a goalkeeper's perspective, if you concede a goal, you're hit the worst because it's it's your fault. Even if you can't get it, or whatever, it's going to be that's what you're going to remember. Um, and the fact that he's doing this time and time after again, it's now consecutively in game after game. You kind of worry and you think, oh, OK, I think we may need to get someone else in. And I'd hold my hands up and say that I wasn't thinking that at the start of the season. I was way off. I was like, oh, no, it'll be fine for another year. We'll get someone in. Maybe he can coach him a bit and let them have like a what's the word, a transition um, for the new goalkeeper to come in. But at the moment, I think to myself, I don't think that's that's going to happen uh, the way he's playing at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I think in regards to your question, I think maybe he could have done slightly better. But I think the thing that ticked me off more was the fact that nobody decided to go closing down. They were just going to run backwards towards our own goal. It's just very strange. Russ, let me come to you on the same point. Do you think Hugo could have done better there? Because yeah. it's been a very indifferent eight days for Hugo, hasn't it? He, he kept us, uh, well, he kept the score down at Old Trafford last Wednesday. Uh, of course, we lost at 1-2-0. He had an absolute howler on Sunday against Newcastle. Both goals were technically his fault. Um, that goal tonight, I feel that he should have done a lot better. Uh, what have you made of Hugo over the last eight days or so? Um, same as Hugo last season, the season before and the season before. He's consistently made unforced errors, mistakes uh, that have cost us dear in games, as have, incidentally, our defenders as well. Um, so this notion, you know, that, you know, Conte's football teams are so difficult to beat and they don't concede goals. It seems to me at the moment we're playing like, oh, we'll concede one and then we'll try and get going and 
get ourselves back into the game. But Hugo Lloris, I'm I'm never a fan of a goalkeeper being the captain of a football team. Yeah. I, I just think they're too yeah. far back. Um, and I think he is a very good stop shot stopper. Uh, but some of the goals that he lets in and his position, I worry about him at corners. He doesn't come out and command the box and catch the ball. There's a lot of this sort of twin punches. The ball can go anywhere. And he did appear, I think about a season ago, um, to make some improvement and changed his game with kicking. Uh, but as we saw at the weekend against Newcastle, you know, that aimless ball that Almiron uh, easily got and ran through and scored. You just can't do that. You cannot do that. Uh, you know, I mean, we see Jordan Pickford, the England goalkeeper, make occasional mistakes, very occasional. Uh, but Hugo, they just seem to be now in his DNA at Spurs. And uh, it, it, it is a worry. And we all know that if he's playing for us next season, it'll happen again because that's Hugo. You say about captain, uh, Russ, who would you like to see as Spurs captain if it wasn't Maurice? Harry Kane. Definitely. Okay. England captain, Tottenham captain, the leader. That's another thing, by the way. When we're, when the chips are down, I don't see, I don't see anybody on the pitch. You know, rah, rah, come on, let's go, shouting at people like some of our players of old. Yeah. Maybe Harry would bring that to his game. I don't know if he's got it in him, but I, I personally would make Harry Kane talisman of the club, the England captain, if he stays. Now, one thing um, that got me tonight, of course, we went 1-0 down after 22 minutes. Um, up until the 38th minute, David, a 16-minute spell, Sporting just played the ball um, mostly along their defence, along uh, to the goalkeeper, back out to the defence. They wasted so much time. We sat back, wasn't really pressing, wasn't really trying to get the ball whatsoever. We just let them play, let them have possession. That 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 was the point when I was saying I was screaming at the, t at the, at the TV. Why are you you were just standing there? Run, run, closing down. It's it. it the mind boggles. Then you'll get one player, like like maybe if the ball getting near to Son, and he'll run and have a little bit of a nip, and then the ball come back. But there's so there's there seems to be no in the first. It's always the first half as well, isn't it? A lack of passion and desire to get that ball. And if if it was just the last couple of games, I'd be sitting here thinking, oh, maybe they don't want to get hurt before the World Cup. But this has been like this for the past couple of seasons that we've struggled to, to control and, and hold hold the game. And walking around, I just think that's disgraceful. You're just standing there waiting for them to play the ball. I, is that tactics? I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect Conte would just say to someone the same as Jose. We, we wouldn't stand there and say, right, lads, get on that pitch today. Just stand around when they've got the ball, let them have it. And if they break through, we can nick it off. I, I can't see that being a tactic. There's just yeah. no effort. Is, are they being worked too hard? I don't know. Um, yeah, other teams have got bigger bigger squads. But we, do you remember in the summer, we were going, oh, we've got quite a good squad now. So, yeah. so now then say, oh, you know, we can't play three games a week when all, all the other teams above us are playing three games a week. I know they've got vastly bigger squads, but... We've still got players like Jed Spence that we haven't utilised. And you think, why? 
what, what's wrong? Is that Conte making a point? Is is it? Is there more? Does it run deeper than that? I don't know. But I don't like seeing that. That and I, and I, I guess I can imagine that's probably why the, 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 the fans were booing at halftime because I wasn't happy when they walked off. No. Well, in the 38th minute, Hunmin Son had a shot on target, comfortable for the goalkeeper. And then in the 41st minute, Sporting, it looked like they went 2-0 up, but of course it was disallowed. Um, and as you mentioned, David, boos at half-time. Um, I tell you what, I I can't I can't remember, you know, the amount of times that the, the fans have been booing inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This is what it was like at half-time. <laughs> Holly, let's come to you. Do you know what? Ever since we've moved inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, we've had Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Nuno Espirito Santo, now Antonio Conte. Um, in all my time of watching games at the old stadium, White Hart Lane, I have never known um, the fans boo so much um, in this period of time. To be honest, I'm not surprised. I think if I was there, I'd be booing as well. I think it was just the notion of fed up in the sense of, like you said, we've gone through so many managers. And like I've said already, the, the, the constant is the players. And again, like we've said, they're not pressing. It looks like sometimes they don't even want to be there. But us as fans, like, it's not cheap to go to Tottenham. I think I've only been to Tottenham twice this season because I can't afford to go any more times until the new year. And it's like, but I want to watch my team play. But then I think to myself, actually, why should I part with my money? If they're not going to turn up, but I'm going to travel that distance to go watch and play. I think fans are just fed up now. And it, and I think booing or showing our disgust in that kind of form is the only way that hopefully the the, the board will listen in terms of these, these fans aren't happy with what they're watching. They're not going to pay their money week in, week out. And I know that's a, a notion that I'm not naive to because someone else will just go in my place. But we've got to do something. Otherwise, it's going to be a vicious circle again. So, yeah, I mean... For me, I don't think the boos were a shock. I think it was more of a sense of, here we go again. It's the same old thing. We can, And I know we talk about, yes, we're still top of the Champions League or near the top, or we still got one game left to go through. We're third in the, in the Prem. But it's just a constant. It's like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. And I think that's the reason why this booing is becoming a more constant thing at, at the ground. Right, in the first half, uh, Pierre Mujoybier actually, and it was very, very early on, tried to get the crowd going, uh, which which he did. Um, and then in the 51st minute, um, he'd done it again. Um, a good counter from Spurs, Hoybier shot, goalkeeper saved, the crowd were uplifted. So literally just like six minutes after um, the interval, um, the Spurs fans fully got behind this team. And, you know, when you talk about a 12th man, the fans were absolutely superb. Yeah tonight in that second half. I know they were booing at half time and you know after just watching that first 45 minutes but you know even um the tifo at the uh, before the game um Tottenham or Spurs flags actually got uh you know 30 helpers volunteers to to sort that tifo out in the last couple of days. The fans have been magnificent supporting this club. Yeah, I mean there's no doubt and incidentally um Hoiberg, of course, is another potential captain of the football club, but yeah. I still would go with Harry Kane. But I, I would imagine there'd be some fans who would think that he, because of his passion, uh, and he does let players have it occasionally, and the referees, um, you know, he's... I like the Viking 
sort of spirit that he's got. He, you know, he's proud of his roots. Obviously, he's Danish. He calls himself a Viking. You know, he very rarely gets injured. And um, I, I think I he's think two really, games since he's been here, and that's all, isn't it? He's played every single game but two. Yeah, exactly. I think you can rely on him. Um, you know, there's an old saying, isn't there? Who do you want in the trenches with you? Well, he definitely would be one of them. Mm. Uh, no question. And Harry Kane uh, and maybe one or two others. But, um, you know, he's got a couple of goals for us this season as well, hasn't he? You know, which we mustn't yeah. forget. And so he's added that to his game. But I would imagine uh, that if he could sit down and have a, a plate of pasta and a glass of wine with Conte, he would absolutely love Boyberg. He would say he's my kind of player, I'm sure. And he's, he's been very good for us. Got better and better. Just before we go on to talk about the uh, rest of the second half, uh, Russ, there's a comment on screen now from 2000GT. Um, who does the panel want coming in and uh, and who needs to leave, in your opinion? Um, me first, is it? Yeah, go for it, yeah. Um, I'm not too sure about coming in. Um, because my football knowledge doesn't spread quite as far and wide as Paratici and Conte's and, and their staff. They'll they'll identify players. I mean, we've talked about one or two in the past um, on this podcast. I can tell you who I think we should say goodbye to, though. Ben Davis, uh, Lucas Mora, uh, Matt Doherty. Um, I'm just trying to... Uh, trying to think if there's anybody else that really sticks out. Not really. Those sort of three, uh, I would say that they were, if I was running it, I'd be saying thanks very much for everything you've done, but you can go now. And we need to bring in quality because as, as I said at the start of the show, it's only my opinion with this squad of players to win something, compete in the Premier League and do reasonably well in the Champions League, we don't have the quality. There's a couple of injuries and we're in trouble. Yeah. David, what about you? Who would you uh, who would you like to bring in if you had the choice and, and players to leave? Um, much the same as, as um, Russ, actually. I, I, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you can say, oh, bring this player in, bring that player in, and then they turn out to be, you know, duffers. Um, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that, would be available. I just, it's a real difficult position that we found ourselves in and the fact that we've got so many to get rid of, but I, I would add Sanchez and Emerson Royale to, to, to the three that Russ said. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dyer, I'd keep him. I know he's not brilliant. He's not brilliant, but he's, he's a player that you can rely on, but he is getting on. But we, Dyer. yeah, that, that whole back lot needs strengthening with, with quality players and I can't see it happening in free transfer for windows. It's just not going to happen. Um, trying to think of hey, who, who, who I'd bring in. Did, did my connection go then or did you say Dyer is a player that you can rely on? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty solid, isn't he? He's not, he's not brilliant and he's a bit of a donkey at times but he's, I, don't, I don't think he's, a, he's not our worst player. Let's put it that way. You seem shocked by that. You're not a dire fan. I thought you ought to move on. Holly, let's come to you. It's not that I'm a fan. It's just that I think I'd, I'd rely on him more than I would Sanchez, Davis and Doherty. 
Yeah. How bad is that? <laughs> he's, he's, he's bad. Yeah, he's bad. <laughs> I mean, he had, he had a cracking shot. I mean, let's face it, that, that shot he had, that twist and, and shot as well. But three headers that he should have, two of them he should have nailed. <laughs> yeah. I'll see a comment on what's name, 50p head. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come back to talking about Eric Dyer in a second. Holly, let's just take this uh, this comment on screen now. I think there is a cultural problem from uh, up high in Spurs of just enough, just enough spending to keep Antonio Conte happy, just enough to get top four. Hiring Conte was just enough to stop fans turning on Levy after Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, this surely has to be the turning point um, in the club's history where just enough is not enough. We have to back this manager. We have to back this man because how many times have I said this? You cannot go from Maurizio Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, I'm not even going to talk about Nuno, to, to Antonio Conte, three elite managers and then not be successful at the club, i.e. winning trophies. Mm. It has to happen this time, doesn't I it? Thought- I thought getting Conte was the thing to make it happen. In terms of, we've got Conte, right, sweet, we're happy. They're going to spend money. And we're still sat here having a debate on who we want to get out of this club. And I'm not I'm not kidding you. It's probably over half the squad at the moment. It's getting mm. to that kind of figure. It's just, it's actually mental. I don't know whether it's a thing. I just think they like coasting. They're like, I think they're just waiting and waiting till they obviously get the, the naming rights to the stadium. And then maybe something will happen. I don't know. I, I really, I can't say to you, this is the moment it's going to happen. But I thought it was really bad, obviously, when Nuno came in. And I was thinking to myself, I've had enough now. And then for Conte to come in, like you say, it was just enough to, to keep you there, to be like, right, it's fine. Everything's going to be okay now. And it feels, again, we're going around those motions of it just happening again. And I think that's, I mean, I've only, I've been a Spurs fan for, what, 20, 25 years now? And I've seen one trophy. <laughs> And it's like, but I've seen more managers than I have seen trophies. And I think that's the realisation at the moment that we're kind of getting to. So, yeah, I think it is uh, a, a poison. Well, not a poison. It's rotten from the top. And I think it just seeps down. And then you get to the sentence as a fan, you're like, how and why am I still here? But we're all silly enough, I suppose, to do so because it's the club we love. But like you say, hopefully this is the time that something happens because I can see it getting really nasty if it's not. Sorry for going off topic again, and we will go back to the game in a second, but the amount of comments um, on this stream, um, plus a lot of people I talk to, they all mention Maurizio Pochettino. I just want to ask your opinion, Russ, um, on Pochettino, because I can't quite believe how many Pochettino comments keep coming up. Bring Pochettino back, everyone keeps saying. Well, um, Would you be a fan of it? Nearly won the Premier League under him. Champions League final. Um, I think he made a mistake by playing Harry Kane in that uh, because he wasn't fully fit. But, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, he was a perfect fit for Spurs for the first, you know, couple of seasons. We were playing good football. Um, would I would I have him back? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't think you ever go back. It's just a personal thing. So uh, I'm sure Daniel Levy wouldn't agree with me. But I, no, I think what you say, Chris, is right. Got to hold on to Conte, get him fully invested and on board with a contract, give him what he needs and see what he can do. Because, you know, you're quite right. Pochettino, Mourinho, Conte, if they all go, what's the point of anyone coming to Spurs under the current regime? There wouldn't be, would there? 
So uh, well, I'd, I'd stick with Conte. And I, I do think that in the back of his mind, maybe in the fore of his mind, forefront, you know, that Levy thinks, well, if it all goes a bit up, I'll get Maurizio back. And that, that's his out. For I've me, this it's while, that's not the out. answer. And I don't think he is the answer. But the fellow that we've got at the moment, I do think, I'm going to shut up now, David, and let you have your Sorry, sorry. Good <laughs> he is the answer if he's given the tools. You know, if he's a carpenter, he can't build a beautiful cabinet if he hasn't got the right chisels. And that's all he needs, players. That's all he needs, quality players. Well, there's another comment here. Bringing Poch back after Conte uh, leaves is just enough to stop riots. Okay, that's the last one I'm doing. Great stream, guys. Um, <laughs> personally, Russ, personally, I would love to see Mauricio Pochettino back at Tottenham one day. But Antonio Conte, in my opinion, needs time, needs yeah. backing, needs patience and needs money, needs help. Give him everything he needs in order to... Uh, uh, you know, bring us success. That's what I say. Um, David, let's come to you. Um, let's get back to the game. Um, in the 52nd minute, um, Eric Dyer had a shot saved. In the 56th minute, uh, a ball played to him in Son, turned, the goalkeeper saved. It is fair to say, and give credit where credit is due, Spurs come out. Antonio Conte must have given them an absolute rollicking at half time. What do you think he said? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> something I can think you could say. I mean, you know, get, what, why are you strolling around? You're paid to play football. You're professional footballers. I mean, why why does it take half time every time for him to have... These are grown men playing a, a professional sport and being paid highly, and they need to be told to pick their games. What what was it? Um, ben Davis, I can't remember it was a West Ham game, was it, I think? last season and he said oh we couldn't we couldn't motivate ourselves and I'm like what you can't motivate yourself in a London derby you can't pick yourself up you, and you need to be told to do that that's wrong there's something inherently wrong with this club if they need to be told game in game out at half time what what the hell are you doing it's just I, I, I'd love to be a fly on, on the wall to see what, it, what it, in the dressing room because he obviously yeah. does know something to pick them up, but it, it shouldn't take that. Shouldn't take that at all. Yeah. Well, Spurs uh, had another, another, well, a number of chances. 59 minutes gone. Lucas Moura had a shot wide. 69 minutes, a ball played into Matt Doherty. He shot. That effort was kept out. In the 71st minute, Matt Doherty went off. Brian Hill come on. Now, Holly, let's talk about the positives tonight because Brian Hill, he had 20 minutes tonight. Um, he's had game time in the Champions League. Is it about time that Antonio Conte now give him time in the Premier League? I hope so. I think, like we've said tonight, we've looked at Lucas Moore. I know that I've given a bit of high praise, which probably isn't the best thing to have done. But I think seeing him come on and proving what he can do um, when we've got Kulaveski out, um, why not play him against Bournemouth? What have we got to lose in terms of the fact that we haven't really got a player on that kind of side? If Conte wants to play that formation, why not give him a crack? Because, again, he's proved himself. Like, like I said last time, when he had that cameo appearance, he scored. Tonight, he, I think he... Um, put the ball in and went out for the corner that we scored from that got taken off. But he's creating things and that's what we kind of need because like we've said, in this formation, there's not necessarily, we haven't got a creative player. So our creativeness has to come 
from the wings. So if Brian Hill was doing that in 20 minutes, Sorry, my, what can he do in the game? snoring. Let me just shut the <laughs> so what can he do in the game? So I think, yeah, give him a chance against Bournemouth. Again, I, I don't want to say that Bournemouth... <laughs> I don't want to say that Bournemouth are, uh, are bad or they're easily beaten because they're in the Premier League. They've, they've got to the Prem, so they're a decent opposition. You've got players in front of you. So, But that'll be an easier opponent than, say... I don't know, um, a city, say. That would be a very different comparison. So why not give him a go? I think now is the time. Well, in the 74th minute, Lucas Moura had a header tipped over the bar. Just a minute later, Harry Kane went close. Uh, and then in the 76th minute, Sporting, a counter-attack. Uh, player ran through one-on-one. Larith made a great save, Russ. Yes, he did. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> full, full, full credit to Larice for, for making that good save though Russ yeah yeah of course <laughs> I mean to go 2-0 down it was game over it, it, it's just yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's like being in a relationship I feel as I've had a round with him and he's got to get back in my favour do, do, do you know what Russ I, I find this really funny actually because your body language on this show is like Antonio Conte in the first half. Arms folded. You're, you're very defensive. You seem really annoyed. Um, I'm not annoyed. It's just... Frustration. Same old, same old, yeah. same old. We all know the players who are not quite up to standard. He must know the players who are not up to standard. He keeps yeah. playing them. It's a bit of a chess game with the owner. And, you know, up until the last couple of weeks, he's got away with it. But, you know, just imagine a, a big... Well, our next game is Bournemouth, right, in the Premier League. City, Liverpool, Chelsea, that lot down the road, they'd all be thinking, of course we're going to win. It's Bournemouth. We're better than them. And they would. Yeah. We're going to go there. Oh, well, it could be a difficult game. Imagine if we lost... Right there. Then we go to Marseille. Yeah. Imagine that doesn't go away for whatever reason. And then Liverpool turn up, you know, just ahead of the World Cup and we lose that. Well, you know, would Conte still be there after the World Cup? A real international break, you know? I'm hoped, I hope to God that isn't going to happen. But you can see how this momentum thing that may have been halted a little bit tonight with a bit of luck. You know, it, it, it's it's just negative. And I think the fans, we're all feeling uh, pretty downcast uh, at the moment, but we're third in the Premier League and top of our Champions League group. It's mad. Have you been entertained this season, Russ? No, not really. No. I mean, I love to win. 1-0 to the Tottenham, playing brilliantly, fantastic for a whole season and win a trophy. Great. Yeah. But that is fantasy land football. And um, we don't play that. We have a set way of playing. I think we all know what it is. And there's some fans who go, well, we've got Conte and that's it. I tend to be in that camp. And there's other fans who just say, it's terrible, I can't watch it. And uh, get him out of the club and get Poch back. Mm. Who's right? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Well, in the 77th minute, Sporting had another great chance. Larice made another good save. 
And then just three minutes later, Dave, let's come to you. Um, Spurs got the equaliser, Benton Kerr header from a Perisic corner. What did you make of the uh, the equaliser? Oh, it really well worked. And initially, I thought that that, because the way the goalkeeper went down, as if somebody shot him in the head, I, I was waiting for that to go to VAR. But when, when you see the slow motion, he gets up really well, beats the keeper to the ball. Nice firm header, straight into the goal. Yeah, really good. Really enjoyed it. I was screaming. <laughs> now, in that last 10 minutes, it was a frantic last 10 minutes, I must say. Um, Davis went off, Mora went off, Lengley come on, uh, Emerson Royale come on. Um, Holly, I've got to ask, Emerson Royale, you know, he's got 10 minutes. Um, one of those passes today, um, he had a player, I can't remember what player it was, just yards yards away. And he's overhit the pass. I tell you, the, the fans went absolutely crazy inside that stadium. What did you make Doc, of him? It, it was, um, it, was it Doc, it, it, your last name, wasn't it? I think so. He tried to pass it down the line, didn't he? He just overcooked yeah. it and kicked it. I think he tried to do a no-look pass for his, uh, for his cameos, you know, when he posted it on Twitter for everybody to see. Like, last week was a nutmeg that he did. This week was a no-look pass and it went out. Um, I literally... I. For me, he drives me insane. And I don't mean to be too harsh of him because he did do some things really well tonight. Um, but that wasn't a lot of them, to be fair. I think he'd done about a couple of passes and that was about it. Um, but again, it, it goes back to that same old thing. We we need a right winger, a right wing back that can cross a ball in. And he's not the answer. And, it, and nobody else is the answer. So who do you turn to? Is he the best one out of the crop we've got? We've spoken about Spence tonight. I really don't know what's up with him. And I don't know what he's got on, on Conte to, to keep bringing him on. Um, especially with, obviously, I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, he's brought him on. He's going to give away a penalty or something. Like, it's just rash decisions from him. I can I, I never feel confident when he's on the pitch, whether that's starting, whether that's coming on at half-time, whether that's coming on towards the end of the game. Um, he just baffles me. And like I said, he doesn't do the... Sometimes he doesn't do the simple things right, especially like that pass we saw tonight. And I don't blame the fans for booing him because I think we've all kind of had enough of him. I mean, we were annoyed when we had Serge Aurier. It seems every time we've downgraded when we've got someone out and brought someone new in. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Russ, let's come back to you. In the 84th minute, Hunmin Son whipped in a free kick. Unfortunately, no one was there. Uh, then, of course, it was the Emerson Royale pass incident that I just mentioned. Eric Dyer then missed a the header from just yards out. Oh. You can't miss those chances in big games no. like this, can you? No, not in a big game. And not for a player like him who scored a winning penalty for England in a World Cup in a big game. Yeah. He he knows what big games are about. And I, I I mean, he could have had three goals in this game, Eric Dyer. Two headers and yeah. one shot. Yeah. Well, you're a professional footballer. I mean, I think the second header, it was a free header, really, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thoughtful. Just do what you do every day in training. Two one, no VAR. Thank you very much. Job done. But it wasn't to be. So it was um, on a plate for him as well. It was a yeah cross. Yeah, and Son's cross that you mentioned, Chris. That was absolutely brilliant. That cross wasn't it? And there was no one there. Which yeah. goes back to Harry bit too deep when we get the ball in the box. You want him there. You want Kane there. He's brilliant with his head. Brilliant. Are you surprised, Russ? Because um, I think it was back in the Euros, Antonio Conte done a number of, um, well, he was a pundit on, on a number of games. 
And he said, if I ha had a player like Harry Kane, I'd have him in the six-yard box all of the time. But Harry yeah. Kane still keeps dropping deep a lot of the time. Are you surprised by that with Conte in charge? Yes. Because he knows, like all of us do, that Harry Kane in the box is much better served for the, the team and the team winning football matches than Harry Kane being somewhere between the centre circle and the D on the 18-yard line, yeah, on the edge of the 18-yard box, you know. So yeah. I am very surprised that he says that as a pundit. Maybe he's seen something in training that he's thought, oh, maybe not. Maybe Harry said, I don't want to play that way for whatever reason. I feel I'm better doing this, that and the other. But when we were playing well on the counter-attack last season, when Conte started getting us going, and occasionally before that, uh, then it was okay to have Harry deep because he was like telepathic with Sonny, wasn't he? But it, it hasn't happened in the yeah. last few games, probably for most of this season. I'm, for the life of me, and it's the same with Southgate when Harry plays for England, he lets him do it, go deep. You need him in the box. Otherwise, uh, we'd all be watching soap operas by, you know, the end of November because it won't be going well in Qatar. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry to be negative, but I just think he's one of the greatest strikers in the world. Bayern Munich want him. They'll pay yeah. big money for him because they know, they say, Addy, stay there, ball coming in, bang, goal. They know. Why don't we? Well, it's fair yeah, to say we haven't have... got that midfielder, though, to give him the ball. He gets started, no, doesn't he, when he, when he does play up. Well, it's fair to say that we did have chances to uh, win the game and get all three points um, in Group D this, this evening. Um, in stoppage time, Hunmin Son hit a shot uh, from outside the box. Rebound fell to Benzin Kerr, who shot over. And then, of course, Harry Kane's uh, goal got disallowed, um, as we've already spoken about. Um, David, um, to wrap up uh, this evening's game, um, is a 1-1 draw a fair result, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I think... This game of two halves, I know it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? We didn't deserve anything from that first half for the way we played. We deserved something from the second half. And I know, I said, you know, the goal, disallowed goal, I said was harsh and, you know, robbed. But would it have been fair on, the, on them? I, it wouldn't have been if it was the other way around, like you said. We'd have been happy that it was, this, you know, ruled out. So, yeah, I think a draw, a draw was a fair, fair result. And, I, and I, I thought I'd take the draw, but I wanted the win. I really wanted the win because just for once, I wanted to go somewhere and, and qualify, go to another game with a game to spare and be qualified rather than this. Now we've got hope our result, we, we get a result and everybody else's result um, goes for us as well. So it is what it is. But we who, is your, who is your man of the match tonight? Who is my man of the match? I'll ask you all the same question, so feel free to shout them out. Um, I think I think I'm going to say Pierre. Actually, I think I think he worked he, he worked hard. He tried to make things work. Either him or Harry, because Harry was putting in a bit of a shift, but again, not in the positions where you'd like him to be. But he was the one that was picking the ball up midfield and looking for the passes out and trying to bring players in. But I'd go with, with Pierre, actually. I think he, he he played pretty well. Who do you think, Holly? Uh, I think Ben Senkor. I think 
against uh, Newcastle as well. He seemed to be the only one that was running around, looking to get into spaces and everything. I think that was it tonight. With Hoiberg, he just... He's great. It just annoys me at times that he plays a silly ball and it, it goes to the opposing team. That's what really irritates me with Hoiberg at times. Whereas Ben Tenko, I think he's more precise with where he passes the ball. And I think, obviously, he got the goal as well tonight from, from the corner. So, I'd go Ben Tenko. Yeah, Russ, Russ yeah. Who, who, who are you going for? I'm with Holly. Rodrigo Ben Tenko. Yeah. I think, for me, he was man of the match. Certainly not the uh, ref on VAR. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, um, Tottenham Hotspur are still top of Group D. We've now played five. We've won two. We've drawn two. We've lost one. We've got a goal difference of plus one. We have eight points. Sporting a second with seven points. Frankfurt third with seven points. And Marseille fourth with six points. It is all to play for. Uh, and, of course, we have got Marseille away next Tuesday evening. Um, can I just get all your score predictions for the Marseille game? Russ, let's start with you. Marseille have to win. Uh, yep. Draw isn't good enough. Um, Velodrome is, uh, you know, it's not the scariest stadium in the world. They've got a few rowdy fans, haven't they? But hasn't everybody? I, I've got a funny feeling it, it'll end up being one-one. Uh, I think it'll be a draw. It'd be enough for Tottenham. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as I say, I think it's going to be a very difficult place to go next week. David, what's your score prediction for next week? I'm going to go. I, I, know, I know it's difficult and it's not going to be an easy game, but I, I just feel that we're going to win two one. I just, I just think when the chips are down, they're just, it's just going to, you know, everybody's going to be all down and that, and they'll just pull the, the result out of the hat. Are you feeling confident? I think I'm going to sit on uh, the side of David and say 2-1 as well. I think we have to win. I know we have to win tonight to make us feel happier, but I think Bournemouth at the weekend, hopefully we beat them. That'll be a lift. And then we know we have to go away and, and get another win. So I'd say 2-1. I'd hate to say that uh, that Larissa is going to do something silly, but I just feel that we're going to leak a goal. So 2-1. Now, just to end the show, um, just want to talk about Tottenham's next game. It's Bournemouth away on Saturday, um, 3pm kickoff. Bournemouth are currently 14th um, in the Premier League table. They've played 12, they've won three, they've drawn four, they've lost five. They've got a goal difference of minus 15. They have 13 points. Um, in their last five games, uh, they drew with Brentford 0-0. They beat Leicester 2-1 and they've lost their last three Premier League games. Fulham uh, 2-0, uh, Southampton 1-0 and West Ham 2-0. Um, Russ, how do you see this one going um, at Bournemouth on Saturday? Well, I think um, from a morale point of view, as Holly um, said, you know, we've got a win, but I've got a feeling it's going to be another sort of a bit of a slog, a one-oneer. Uh, I think that they're they're down on their confidence at the moment, Tottenham, unless a miracle happens. I'd love them to win, but 1-1, I think. Do, do you think Antonio Conte will make a number of changes again? Well, I hope he gives Brian Hill a, a, a chance. Mm. I would like to see that. Um, and I'd like to see Longley play instead of Davis in a back three. David, how you th how are you feeling ahead of this Bournemouth game? Um, pretty confident until you come up with the stats because the stats always come <laughs> come fight you in the backside. Well, 
Do, do you know what? Um, a couple of days ago, um, I normally, do, you know, before a game, I normally get um, a fan from uh, an, an opposition fan's point of view from another YouTube channel. And the sporting um, fan that came on in the last couple of days said, we're in terrible form. We haven't won for three weeks. We have just uh, we've just lost to a team in the um, third division in the cup. Uh, we're awful. We've been playing terrible. And as soon as I heard all those words, I thought, oh, no. Right. Yeah. And of course, as I've just said, you know, Bournemouth have lost their last three Premier League games. So we always have a habit of making them types of games look really different. I think I'm with Russ. I think it's just going to be a really hard fall for one-one. Wow! <laughs> and, I, and I was confident. I was going to say, um, yeah, we'll win two-nil. But when you come up with them stats and you start thinking, yeah, it doesn't bode well. Holly, what are you thinking? Uh, do you know I'm, what? I'm, 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 I'm going to turn it positive. I'm, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Spurs win on Saturday against Bournemouth. There, there you are. Let's, let's add a bit of positivity. So, Holly, what do you reckon? I'm going to make it even more positive. I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to go proper out there because I think the sea air is going to wake them up and they're going to do something down south. So, hopefully, we go there and get the goods. Because like, like we've all kind of said, we, we need a boost. Um, and playing Bournemouth, I think, is probably... Not saying it's going to be easy, but they're an easier opposition to play. So I would say 3-1. Let's go for it. And the last question for you all. Um, I know we're early on in the season still. Um, Russ, let's start with you. Um, just a simple yes or no and, and a position. Do you think Antonio Conte will still be a manager come the end of the season? And where do you think Spurs will finish at the end of the season? Yes. Fourth. Yes, fourth. That's positive. David, what are you going for? Um, I'm going to say no, but we, we will get fourth. Okay. It's, it, it's a weird one, but it's just it's just for me, I, I can't... It, unless if he gets back to, in January and he gets a few decent players in January, then I, can say, I would say yeah, but I, I can't see... That's the reason I'm saying I don't think he'll be there unless he gets some reassurance in the summer. But I think he's not one to he's not one to want to extend his contracts at clubs, is he? So, Holly, I don't want to be in another endless cycle. So I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to say it's either going to be third or it's going to be like sixth. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be one or the other. I can't say it. Just I, right now we're in a rough patch. If we get past this rough patch then sweet, third, because I think Arsenal will drop off. I hate to mention their name, but I think they'll drop off. Something will happen um, and they'll drop off a bit and I think we'll be a bit more relaxed getting into our rhythm, especially if something happens in January. So, yes, I'll go third. Why not? Well, Russ, David and Holly, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Um, it's been you. a pleasure talking to you all. And another therapy session. Um, <laughs> Russ, thanks so much for coming back and, and tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Uh, Twitter handle is there. Um, if people want to follow me, Nation Radio in the morning, 10 o'clock, music, no Tottenham chat. Well, <laughs> maybe the odd Bob comment, but uh, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, DAB FM online, smart speaker, blah, blah, blah. Thank you, Chris, for inviting me on. I don't normally stay up this late. It's a year to being on breakfast radio, so I'm amazed I'm still awake. And uh, thank you to the viewers and listeners uh, for having me. 
virtually in your lives. And and very nice to meet you, David and Holly as Thank well. You. Thank Come you. Come on, Spurs. Thank you, Russ. And David, thanks so much for joining us again. It's been a, a very long time since uh, since you last yeah. come on. Um, yeah, thanks what, for having me. What are you up to at the moment and where can people find you? Um, I just had a costume fitting for two days next week on a Channel 4 show. Um, fine, I can't say too much about that because I could be in trouble. Um, uh, they can see my website, www.davidjbisco.org. Um, and at David J. Bisco on Instagram and, and Facebook. Don't have Twitter because I've got kicked off of there. <laughs> we won't ask about that. No, well, thanks so, so much for joining me. And, uh, and Holly, it's been a pleasure having you back. Um, I know it's been a long time for you as well, uh, returning, um, but it's been lovely having you back. And tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to uh, on your channel. No, it's great. Thank you for having me back. Like I say, I'm, I'm a bit like Russ. I'm not usually up this late. Um, <laughs> I'm my, I need to get like sticks for my eyes to keep them open. Um, but no, I've really enjoyed it. It's been good. Um, been very therapeutic. Um, and yeah, you can find me on all socials at my name, Holly Agambar, which I thought was really easy when I realised my surname's a bit of a pain to spell. But yeah, I just on Twitter um, and then do a show every Monday at seven, kind of like you, you, Chris, with guests to dissect everything that's uh gone on with that game that was at the weekend so yeah thank you again for having me and meeting you guys too so thank you well thank Russ, you, David and Holly thank you so much uh, it's been you. a pleasure as I said and hopefully Spurs can get back to winning ways down at Bournemouth on Saturday um, I will be back for another show Saturday evening with three very special guests then uh, hopefully we will all have smiles on our faces um, thanks for watching everyone thanks for listening and until the next one come on you Spurs come on you Spurs Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.